Reese Deersma is a return guest to The Antidote. Thanks for coming, Reese. Hey, glad to be here. You and I first met in 2016 when you were frontman for The Quick and the Dead. So you were a willing victim to come to The Antidote for a talk then. <laughs> and now we get to do it all over again. Yeah, glad to be here. Can you fill us in about the band members of Lowline? Uh, yeah, so it's um, it's actually pretty similar to The Quick and the Dead. So my brother and I probably form um, kind of the core of the group, and, and we did in The Quick and the Dead as well. But so in Lowline, it's my brother and I and my brother-in-law, Ben, who plays keys and guitar as well, and then a good friend of ours, Isaac, on bass. Because last time you were a three-piece with The Quick and the Dead, correct? Yeah, yeah. Do you find that having a four-piece really does give a different dynamic to the band? Um, I think it's more fun for the guitarists because they, uh, they don't have to concentrate so much on filling out the sound and playing um, like functional parts. They can kind of riff off each other a little bit and relax a bit. Yeah. Well, Lowline released your debut album, Run Loud, in 2019. A song that stands out for me from that is Main Street. Mm-hmm. Now, I know the lyrics are aimed at another person, but I think they also match what's going on with your band when it says, you said I'm thinking of change, I'm just taking my sweet time, but I've got something to say. So you're saying something new with Lowline, because this is a big style change from the quick and the dead. Yeah, I think it was just time for something different. Um, I guess for us, The Quick and the Dead was us as teenagers, right? Like a lot of those songs I'd I'd written when I was still in high school and still figuring out myself as a person, as most people do in high school. And um, yeah, so it just it just kind of felt like we were red range. And musically, we had all um, developed in kind of different directions you know um when we were doing the quick and the dead we we're all kids listening to the same stuff now my brother is really into blues i listen to everything a whole bunch of like singer songwriter stuff and uh, um indie rock and 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 the other boys the same right so we all like spread out for us low line is kind of a way to start fresh and just experiment with these new ideas in kind of a free way that was the idea. Well, I hear what you're saying, but I, I'm still trying to figure out the band's sound. It's indie rock, retro rock, folk rock, surf rock, blues, <laughs> and even at times a touch of country. So, I mean, like, are you really just trying to confuse your listeners? Um, not intentionally. <laughs> we just play music and write music that we enjoy. And so that's what it is. Back to The Quick and the Dead, some artists would have actually opted to keep both projects going. Wasn't that a possibility for you? Um, well, I think it's just the time effort, right? Especially because the core of the groups is the same people. So I'm also in like a indie folk duo with my wife as well. So for me, having... You know, all the behind-the-scenes stuff that happens with the band, like the writing and recording and booking and admin stuff, 
doing that for my duo with my wife plus with a band, that's that's kind of um, enough to keep me busy. Having having two bands in there, I think, would be a bit much <laughs> for me. With the duo, you and your wife, who's got the biggest amount of talent? Well, her. I mean, I've got to say that, right? <laughs> <laughs> because she's standing beside you right now. <laughs> no, she's not here. Um, she's a great songwriter. Yeah, she's um, she's amazing. Does she do the vocals too then? Yeah, so when we play together, um, we do two acoustics and two vocals. Um, we kind of write half of the songs each, and uh, we can't write together. It doesn't happen. But so we sing harmonies on the other person's song, and yeah, so that's largely the sound is the two vocals blended together. Well, I know that in one way Australia is kind of like Canada because it's a long way between towns and venues. Mm. How have you managed live shows for Low Line? Yeah, on, I mean, honestly, we haven't played a whole lot recently. You know, I think like we grew up in country town. Australia, which is very different to Melbourne, Australia. And there wasn't really a music scene where we grew up, right? So my brother and I, we have always just created our own gig opportunities and contacted people and put things on and traveled, um, you know, 10 hours to play a show. And so I think you just go the extra mile and um, end up creating a lot of opportunities yourself. And I guess you've added to your driving time again because you just mentioned to me before our interview started that you're now living five hours away from the rest of the band. Yeah, yeah, and that's just recent. So it's still figuring out how to write, you know, over email. And yeah, there's a bit of adjustment happening. The other negative with that too is that now the band is going to end up coming and camping out on your living room floor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that won't be so bad. Okay, well, here comes a really lame segue. <laughs> Does the song title High Speed Thrills and $100 Bills explain how you get to those gigs? Oh, um, no, it does not. <laughs> and how do you travel as a band? Well, up until recently, we, uh, we traveled in a 1983 Toyota Costa van bus. Um, oh, I know what you mean. Yes. Yeah, so we all cruised along in that, you know, slowing down on the hills. And but we've we've just sold that recently, so we're uh, we're looking around for something else. Nineteen eighty-three. Yeah. Were you born before or after that? Uh, Ninety-three is when I was born. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it sounds like a type of vehicle that your parents would have had. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess I should find out, how does songwriting work for Lowline? Like, is this just flashes of inspiration, or is it hard work? Um, I, I think it's both of those things for any artist. Um, our process is, well, recently it's been the four of us playing in a room, just cranking out ideas. And, you know, when we get, like, kind of mock up a structure, if you get a cool groove throw two different kind of contrasting sections together. And um, for the Run Loud album, we had one microphone up in the corner of the room. 
So we would just record that and then I would take it home and and write melody and try and come up with some words over that week. Yeah, so a lot of it is just through jamming and then the songs come out of that. But you're making it sound as if you're really taking charge of the main songwriting responsibilities. Yeah, I mean, well, actually, everything that we've released so far, I have written all of the words and melody. The reason I say up until now is because my brother is He's been starting to sing more and more on the on our recordings. Um, and I hear that he's just written a couple of songs. They haven't come through yet, but yeah, hopefully they'll be out in the world soon. Years ago, you and I spoke about being Christian and how that Christianity can be a part of someone's art. Mm. Now, I wouldn't say that faith is the center of your music like some artists. But a Lion song that has a Christian context is no illusion. Speaking about wanting to help others, but realizing your own faults. And then summing it up by saying, make no mistake, I'm under no illusion that I'm improving. Still make my mistakes, just trying to introduce them to living grace. Is grace a part of your life? Yeah, definitely. It's a part of my life. Um, uh, it's something that I'm constantly trying to understand and and let affect my life and and in that song I'm particularly talking about trying to let it inform my relationships and um, being more vulnerable with other people so that we can all help each other get closer to like a community that mirrors the gospels is how I would say it that's a hard thing to do for a guy especially is to open up and be vulnerable to other people. Um, yeah, I'm learning to become more vulnerable. I think being married helps, you know, because uh, our wives are people who, who's, you know, well, it doesn't have to be wives, but someone who can see who you are when you're not around other people and see the side of you that you wouldn't necessarily share with other people. That's when we can encourage each other to be more open and, and um, affirm each other in, in who we are. Last year's single, Shut Up and Say It, also touches on faith with the line, all the words are flying through to all the people in their pews. Well, I'm picking off the shots until there's nothing. Tell me what's the problem. Shut up and say it. Those are pretty strong words. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm a pretty critical person i tend towards cynicism and so i guess i i have to consciously be trying to balance off that yeah that's i mean it's just me being honest about being critical of sermons and um different expressions of church yeah but i guess for me that song again is about us not being enough on our own right the things that that song talks about is how I could define myself, sometimes how I do define myself, but it's also saying that we, I am not my weaknesses. They're a part of me, but if I define myself by those, there's no way to grow past them. Then with your faith itself, are you finding that it's evolving? Yeah, always. Always. 
But now I guess the other big question is, are you comfortable with that? Yeah, and I think I think that's important. I think it's important to be growing and have our idea of faith and our relationship with God grow and evolve. I think that's important. But it's also important to be realistic and aware of um, our own hypocrisies and our own inconsistencies. Yeah, I'm not really sure how to explain that. Okay, this just brings up something else. How hard is it as a musician, as an artist, to really be creative and innovative? Um, I think it's the wrong direction to try to be innovative, to really try hard to be new, try hard to be different. I think there's a lot of people doing that, and I, I don't know if it works. And this is just my personal opinion, obviously. I think it's more important to just try and be yourself, right? We're all, um, we all have something in us that is a little bit unique. And I think if we can just create something that's authentic, then that will be a little bit unique. But it'll also, if it comes from the core of who we are, it'll also resonate with a whole bunch of people, hopefully. And, um, and they'll recognize something of themselves in it. Then are you saying that the music is primarily for yourself? and then the listener would be secondary? I think those two things usually go together. Like, creating music is what I do. That's what I've been created to do. That's the gift I've been given. And it's also how I stay sane and express myself and work through who I am. But in doing that, the idea is that that can be a way that I can connect with other people. And that is a way also that I help myself, right? We help, we help ourselves by connecting with other people, being around other people, um, and hopefully helping them a little bit. Reese, you're the drummer and also the handle the lead vocals for Lowline, which puts you in an unusual position for most bands. So I'm wondering, from a performance point of view, doesn't that create difficulties for you? Um, the difficulties that it creates is in interacting. Obviously, being behind a drum kit, you can't be a typical frontman, right? You're not at the front of the stage and able to sing directly to people. You're not able to step off the stage and, and walk out in the crowd. You're not able to engage people quite as easily. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's, that's the challenge is... Oftentimes as well, if you're, if you're playing a show with other bands, the stage is already set, so the drums are going to be right at the back of the stage. Maybe not a whole lot of lights on them, you know, and, and somehow I have to sing songs uh, and engage with people from back there. So that's the hard thing, is figuring out how to clear that distance. So what you need to do is bring you out to the front of the stage and everybody else fits in behind. <laughs> yeah, and we and we do we do mess around with our stage setup if it's just us playing a show. Oftentimes we'll just set up in a line on the front of the stage or you know like a slight curve. So it's a similar setup to us if we were jamming at home, like we're all playing facing into each other and also facing the audience. The topics you raise in Lowline's music really do force the listener to think like wrong. 
It talks about people thinking they have everything figured out, then life changes. I've almost really asked this before, but how about you, Reese? Like, are you happy with having your life evolve and having your change to moving five hours away and having a hard life living on the coast of Australia? <laughs> it's pretty rough, yeah. Pretty rough. Um, I, I guess that song is kind of a non-aggressive way of responding to what I see on social media a lot of the time. Everyone's got their hill that they're ready to die on and and they're kind of forcing that down people's throats, right? I'm only 27, right? And I've I've been around long enough to realize that, yeah, my opinions change and and things that I think are truly important, those core things stay the same, but how that expresses itself, that changes all the time. And um, and I guess I've learned to hold those things a little bit lighter in uh, conversation and potential arguments because me having a relationship and connecting with a person is much more important than me being right. We're leaving out something really important. We haven't got into Lowline's newest single, As the Crow Flies. Is your life always centered as the crow flies? You're going to fly in a single line without any kind of deviation? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. But um, that's kind of, for me, that's the setting of the song, right? That's like setting the scene. It's kind of a bit of a vague song, like you can read into it a little bit. but Oh no, you're not saying that Icarus hangs from a bedroom roof in a kaleidoscope of shapes. That sounds very straightforward to me. <laughs> well, I mean, sure he does somewhere, but um, <laughs> yeah. As the crow flies, we're making our way back home. For me, it was about, it's that feeling of we've just finished a show, or we've just finished a tour, or we've just finished a job, or we've just finished a holiday, or it's the end of a season where we're making our way home, just doing the quickest way, however we can get home, plane, car, whatever. And... The decision when we're like tired and it's the end of a season about what's coming next, it can be easy to just make these snap decisions about, oh, I don't want to do this anymore or, oh, I'm going to quit my job and live on the road or, you know, like there's these snap decisions about who we want to be and who we are. Um, I guess that's, for me, that's the setting of the song, not necessarily what it's about, but that's the atmosphere, the mood that I had when I was writing this song. You're coming across as an old person. You don't want to make spontaneous decisions. Well, I like making spontaneous decisions, I think. I don't know. I've been told I'm an old soul a little bit. So you just don't want to do spontaneous, life-changing decisions? Well, I mean, I just moved to the coast pretty spontaneously. That was a pretty big life-changing decision. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. You just wanted your bare feet on the sand. <laughs> yeah, that's a big part of it. I'm living the dream over here. That's a really good song, As the Crow Flies. That's my favorite. And it's different again, right, from some of the other tracks. That one probably has a little bit of, like, Starflyer, right? Uh, we love, I mean, who doesn't? They're just one of those bands that have been around forever and like just amazing. So that probably has a little bit of influence. 
You know, considering that we live on opposite sides of the world, it was quite a coincidence that we just happened to meet at Audio Feed 2019 in the States. <laughs> that was a spin out. <laughs> that was pretty bizarre. Maybe you should pull out your crystal ball for this. What are the <laughs> odds about coming to North America to play some shows in the future? You know, I would love to, um, but there would be a whole lot of things would have to fall into place. Yeah, I would love to, but it's, uh, it's not looking like it'll happen in the near future. Okay, we'll just keep hoping for it. If you can make it happen, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Reese. Thanks for this talk, and thanks for the music of Lowline. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Dave. <laughs>